2: let me ask you a question real quick do you ever want to live in a fantasy world where the most handsomest guy always ends up with a girl and he may have time travel or been a secret
0: prince but no one in the story ever asks any questions you can live on park Ave with a salary from mickey D's, or walk from denver all the way to new orleans but me i prefer all the reality and the truth bombs drop from the crew hit R-T-P. rtpu you got what we
1: But you keep us wanting more. I you got what we need. Cause roasting is your technique. I'm gonna do it
3: every week. Hey,
0: hey! Laters, baby. But not too much laters. Cause you got what I need. Thank you for tuning into Romancing the Pod. You had us at hello. I'm Paige Wesley.
1: I'm Mikey Randolph. And I'm Todd
2: Schlosser. And this week we watched
0: Scott, Scott Pilgrim, Pilgrim versus,
2: versus the world. world. So this is my pick, and I yes. wanted to watch it again. Right. Because I watched it a long time ago, didn't like it. In fact, I realized I didn't even finish it.
0: Really? Like
2: I turned it off halfway through it. Yeah I I remember where I turned it off now Having seen it again
0: Oh interesting
2: So and but you guys talk about how you loved it Yes So I wanted to revisit it and talk about it Because I wanted to give it another chance I was we talked about this I'm not going to go too deep in it I watched it at a very sad place in my life (laughs) So now that I'm not in a very sad place Sort of fucking loved it
0: Right? Yeah When you told me you didn't like it, I was surprised. So I am not surprised to hear that you liked it on a rewatch. There are things about this movie I don't like.
2: Yeah. This movie swings so hard at everything it tries to do. And about 78% of the time it fucking nails it. Yeah. Which I love. (laughs) I
0: wish
1: I had that percentage.
2: Yeah, me too.
1: I wrote that joke.
2: Oh, Mikey. (laughs) Okay, Mikey, when you come up with a joke in the moment, you don't have to say you wrote it.
0: Using the calculator (laughs) isn't writing. (laughs) You guys can't tell me what
2: comedy is
0: Empirically I can
2: (laughs) So anyway There are things I didn't like about this movie There are things I loved about this movie But overall I enjoyed watching it I'd watch it again Yeah yeah. So was this the first time you saw it Mikey? I know Paige has seen it No
1: it's not I'm just distracted by the fact that you've put your hoodie hood on your head I like layers Is this news to you? Yeah okay (laughs) Like I'm recording with a Jedi (laughs) That's fine (laughs)
3: <laughs>
2: no. no. Uh, <laughs> up. I don't like this. Ugh, Paige just put her mask on her head. You guys are so fun.
1: Um, okay, yes, I've seen this movie before. I like this movie a lot. Uh, I like I, Paige. Love, 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 loves this movie. I yes. like this movie a lot. I saw it in theaters. Really enjoyed it. I like video games. I get a lot of the references from this movie. I have huge crushes on every. Female actress that plays in this movie. Um, yeah, they're and they're all stars now. Yeah, and I came out around the same time that all these. people I was like the same age as all these people when this
0: movie came out. I think <laughs> Paige, did you hear what he just said? Yes, and I think what he's trying to say is these people are roughly my age, and I was the same age as the people in this movie when it came out. But what he said was I came out at the same time as these people, and for a hot <laughs> second, I was like, "This is news to me." <laughs> Maybe that's why you don't have success dating girls. I know. (laughs) Paige, it all
2: started to make sense. Like right when he said that, I was like, oh, shit. That's why it doesn't work with these ladies. Look, mm, he's not into them.
0: I am
1: very much a straight orientation, but I will say that commitment issues, (laughs) no, no orientation. (laughs) That's
0: true. That's true. (laughs) I can't throw stones because earlier in this call, I showed you guys a picture of what I would consider like the nerdiest version of my type. And you all reveal that it looks like everyone else I've ever placed <laughs> any interest in at all.
1: It looks like your blatant type during winter time of like, oh, I haven't worked <laughs> out in two and a half weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I've been eating chili a lot lately. Because
2: it's delicious. Cold. It is So Paige When did your love affair With Scott Pilgrim Versus the world start
0: Well first of all I would like to let you know That I am wearing Trixie Cosmetics Shade Stacey's mom Because much like The song <laughs> Stacey's mom I love this movie Even though it has Problematic elements And yes. this movie Has got it going on <laughs> When I was in film school Was when I discovered My love for Edgar Wright as as a director and general human. Yes. And they started pre-production of this movie while I was still in school. And at the time, Edgar Wright kept a meticulous daily blog of everything they were doing in pre-production through production of this movie. That's actually really cool. Yeah. And then into post-production. So, like, I had started following his blog and his Twitter and everything just because I liked him as a director. Yeah. And then I got to see kind of this movie take shape. So I felt like I got to see the whole thing kind of put together. And then we went opening night in Hollywood, like Q&A screening, like the best screening we could get to go see it. We instantly loved it. And then everyone else on earth hated it. Like this movie did not do well. No,
1: I remember that a lot
0: crushed me but here's the thing there was like a collection of people who saw it and loved it immediately for what it was yeah and so there are rocky horror style screenings of this movie in los angeles on a fairly regular basis that's
2: cool i'd love to go to one of those
0: I've been to a couple Yeah They throw coins Whenever Evil X dies And we had to switch To chocolate coins At one point Which Spoiler Hurt just as bad uh, But then The crazy thing is Cast members Always show up
2: Like the people In the movie Yes oh, I mean that makes sense They're probably In Hollywood So
0: Everyone who worked On this movie Loves it so much that they show up to anything to do with this movie. Like, that's how you know it's good, is that they're like, yeah, fuck the bad reviews. I'm still coming to the 10-year reunion, which was this year, by
1: the way. (laughs) I mean, I do feel like this movie was about Six years ahead of its time.
0: I think so too. Yes.
1: Like, like internet culture, the way it was, like after this and like now, like I think if it came out now or like five years ago, it would have been big.
0: I think if this movie came out this year, it would have blown people's fucking minds and they would have loved it. And I think the fact that it came out 10 years ago, I think it's aimed at a very specific age range, which is you and I. And I don't know that those were the people. There to see it Because it got marketed Very strange They they really didn't know What to do With this movie In marketing And so I think It had kind of A low turnout It came out Against a bunch Of other big movies We'll talk about that In box office Yeah Yeah It kind of just Didn't get a fair shake My Blu-ray copy Of Scott Pilgrim Is signed by everyone Except the Katyanagi twins And Chris Evans
2: Oh that's <sighs> awesome
0: Well here's the crazy thing So I went to a screening And did meet Chris Evans But didn't have the DVD with me I was just like Damn it So I have have met everyone With the exception of the Katyanagi twins And when I got most of the signatures It was at specifically an event At Amoeba in Hollywood That Edgar Wright hosted It was basically like Come buy the Blu-ray And we will all sign it And fucking everyone was there Yeah. And Jason Schwartzman and I Talked for like five minutes Because we got stuck together in line
1: (laughs) He seems like he's really nice
0: Everyone I've met from this movie is nice
1: also, Chris Evans might be one of my biggest, like, man crushes. That does not surprise me based upon what you said earlier in this episode.
2: So, yeah, I get it.
0: <laughs> he, he's the page type model 100 or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> he said from the
1: future when they perfected <laughs> page's type.
0: Uh, so. <laughs> There's a lot of fun facts. I'll pepper some in as we go, just because otherwise we'd be here all night.
2: I mean, I don't mind doing an extra long fun fact segment. Like, I'm interested a lot in that kind of stuff about this movie specifically.
0: Edgar Wright loves to put Easter eggs and stuff. It's like his favorite thing to do. Yeah. And so every time you watch this movie, you catch new stuff. So it's definitely a, a movie that re- like rewards repeat viewing. Rewards people who like to look for puzzles Yeah 100%
2: So I'm going to say something right now That's really going to make you angry Paige
0: That's fine
2: I like this movie But Baby Driver is a better version of this
0: I'm not offended by that Because okay, I good. think they are similar movies Because I think they're both extremely style heavy Yes With different styles Yeah and that's why I love Edgar
2: Wright so much And it's really yes. the way he incorporates music and movies
0: Okay 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 okay,
1: okay Yes, yes. <laughs> I love the way Baby Driver Not to interrupt you but I'm interrupting you I love <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) I love the way that Baby Driver uses music and sound cues. Don't get me wrong. But the ending of that movie is such utter trash that I cannot like that movie. And I will never dare say it comes close to this movie because...
0: Well, one of my frustrations with this movie is the ending. And I love this movie. But I, I have some frustrations with the ending that we'll talk about when we get to it, because there are multiple alternate endings to this movie.
1: Is one of them that Scott Pilgrim goes to prison for 20 years? and For then, murder? Uh, yeah, <laughs> no. for murder and like has a really depressing ending.
0: <laughs> no, we'll get to it when we get to it. But as someone who's had to edit things and sync them to music, Baby Driver, I cannot imagine that editing room. To sync it as well as they did I watched that movie and I'm like this is a Masterpiece of sound and screen
2: Yeah I think Baby Driver is superb And it really is like not since The sword fight at the tops of The Cliffs of Insanity and Princess Bride has a movie Incorporated insanity. music As well as Baby Driver and honestly this movie Does yeah this movie does it really well as well We probably should just get into this movie because there's gonna be a lot To talk about in every scene yeah, yeah
0: ton- tons Of it so we open on an 8-bit Universal logo I love this with with, like a digital score of the Universal, yeah, like fanfare, which Universal actually does a lot. They did it for Pitch Perfect as well. Yeah. they have no problem kind of spicing up their fanfare as the movie requires, which I think is pretty fun,
1: okay. okay. Yeah. Wait, I love the video game River City Ransom, and I played that so much growing up. Okay, and that's the video game that the change comes from people when they die.
0: It's one of many games, yeah, <laughs> where I mean, change comes from people when they die. <laughs> it was
1: like the first big one, like the, that kind of the sound, like, they, like yeah. they straight up like take the sound. Yeah, love River City Ransom and the other stuff they do with it, but oh, so I just love this. I just like love it.
0: There's River City Ransom, Mario, and Zelda factor heavily mm-hmm. into this movie, as well as Final Fantasy at some yeah. points, like. This movie is chock full of video game nerdery, but classic games, like not new stuff, old stuff specifically. It's the games that these characters at their ages would have played in childhood, Yes, um, which I think is very curated and fun. Uh, But after the Universal logo, we jump literally right into not so long ago in the mysterious land of Toronto, Canada. Scott Pilgrim was dating a high schooler in which we encounter our first problem of this film him dating a high schooler it's not great but the thing that I appreciate about this movie is that no one else in the movie thinks it's good
2: yeah everyone's like yeah. that's gross and honestly he's
1: like 22 too old to be
2: dating her.
0: yes it's not like he's 19 and
2: she's 17.
1: Right. or like eight, like he's freshman in college and he's senior in high school. right. Like, I
0: was starting to like try and figure it out this time because I hadn't ever thought about it. Where did they meet? Because the only we get a a tiny answer later on, and you're just like, how did that happen? But anyway, we cut to him sitting around the table in the kitchen with his bandmates, where his drummer Kim just says, how old are you now, 28? And he says 22. (laughs) Yeah. The thing that it starts to establish something that this movie does throughout, which is gives everyone a title and rating card. Yes. Which is Scott Pilgrim, 22 years old, rating awesome. Yeah. And if you watch for it, it happens multiple times in the movie for both locations and for people. And it's great throwaway jokes. that if you don't read them, you miss it. But they're it's very fun. And a lot of times they give them like video game designations. Yes. Like when we first meet Knives, his high school girlfriend, it's Knives Chow rated T for Teen. Yeah. Which is very funny. <laughs> but anyway, they ask him, Did you do it yet? And he basically is like, Well, we ride the bus, talk, and we almost held hands once. So at least thankfully they are not engaged in a sexual
1: relationship. And we've all pulled this after a bad breakup. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're a terrible guy, it's like you're just dating someone and you're not like super into it to the point where you're like, yeah, we're not doing anything physical. I don't care. It's just nice to get out of the house again.
0: Right. And they ask. Well, he tells them her name is Knives Chow, which is such a fucking great name. I
2: can't imagine her parents named her that. But yeah, that is a great name.
0: One. Well, and, and I feel like we didn't bring this up earlier. I should bring it up now. This movie is based on a series of graphic, graphic novels. Yeah. yeah. Did you read them, Paige? Yes, I have read the graphic novels. Do
1: you like the books or the movie better?
0: They're very similar. It's a pretty faithful adaptation. There are a couple things that change, but not major. So uh, they ask, when do we get to meet her? And then we hear a ding dong. And anytime you hear a sound effect in this movie, it floats across the screen like a comic
2: book it floats across the screen like a comic book but it is layered behind the main character normally or the main person in the shot which is pretty difficult to do like that's something that i can do in premiere but it takes time you know so like it's all of that extra what i'll call post-production work that is so impressive to me about this movie and this is just like the first time you see it, and I
1: love it. It's so good. Oh, it's nice to watch this with technical people, but I'm just like, <laughs> it's shiny, and I like.
0: <laughs> it's shiny. So Scott comes to the door. He opens it. It's Knives. And he says, do you promise to be good? And she says, am I usually not? Which is... <sighs> Hilarious to me We then meet Stephen Stills Who is carded as the talent Yeah uh, This is where we get Knives Rated T for teen And Stephen is concerned That she'll geek out He wants people to geek out He wants people to think The band is cool
2: Yeah Well I mean the whole time That Scott and Knives Are together she is more or less talking about how awesome he is, and he is just soaking it up. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
3: and
0: she's their only fan, which is pretty funny. Yeah.
1: I don't think he's, like, soaking it up, because he seems kind of, like, embarrassed by her the whole time a little bit. No, I think in the beginning, he's really into how
2: into him she is. Yes. And I have been in a shitty high school band that had three fans all of which were dating members of the band. So like, I know what it's like to be in this situation. So
0: she walks into the living room. He says, let me get your coat. He grabs it off of her shoulders and then just tosses it to the floor, Yeah, which makes me laugh every time I see it. (laughs) Um, we then get title cards for Kim, the drummer, Kim, drummer, 23 years old. Yeah. And then young Neil, 20, lives here <laughs> this is his only designation. And he's the one so playing
2: funny. Zelda on his uh, like it's like a Game Boy Advance or something it, like it that. It
0: looks like a Nintendo DS. Oh, I that's think. that's what it is. Yeah. They start their song or at least Scott tries to start it, calling it Launchpad McQuack, which is a reference to DuckTales. Yeah. Um, Stephen Stills. Says that's not the name of the song, but it's too late. The song has started. And these are our opening titles. Yeah. With a very, very cool, almost like stretched room effect where they kind of built this crazy set. And then they have the title cards for each character and flashing behind them on the film are clues to how they factor into the story later on. Yeah. And this is one of the few things in this movie that was not designed by Edgar Wright. Really? Yeah, do you want to know who helped design those opening titles? It's going to make you mad. Oh,
2: (laughs) it was it Quentin Tarantino?
0: Yes, it was. What? (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Yes, Quentin Tarantino is credited with the initial ideas and layout for this original title sequence. Edgar Wright's the one who executes it, but yeah, he's the one who designed it. It
2: really is just the bass strings we see that being played, and then little things flash up on the screen. Which is cool. It is cool.
0: It's things like coffee grounds for Anna Kendrick is one of them. There's like asterisks and uh, at symbols and ampersands for Aubrey Plaza because of the swearing.
2: I loved what they did with her swearing. I, we we've got We got to get there because she's so amazing in this movie.
0: She is fantastic in this movie. <laughs> she's it's very very good. great. So we come back to the room as they finish the song, and Knives says, "You guys are so amazing." And we cut to the bedroom of the house. Knives has gone home and they're all talking after back. They're all talking after band practice. And Kim is basically like, you're gross. <laughs> like it's gross. She's nice, but you're dating a high schooler and this is gross. It, it is. Um, she's right. He kind of directs it. He's like, can we get back to talking about how she's awesome and I'm awesome? Great. <laughs> he leaves and comes home to the apartment. He shares with Wallace Wells, where he says that he has a new girlfriend and Wallace asks if this means that they have to stop sleeping together. And he says, do you see another bed in this apartment? And as we pan around this studio apartment, which is paneled on all four walls,
2: I felt very seen in this scene,
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, but we get a ownership. (laughs) We get an ownership chart Of everything in the room and who it belongs to. Oh, yeah. Now, in the comics, most of this movie, whenever they can, they have replicated panels from the comics. This is one of them That's cool Where the room that we see in this movie Is an exact replica of that that comic panel With the ownership chart So they do have to share a bed It's a it's a fun plot point for the rest of the movie It is um, He tells Wallace not to tell too many people Specifically don't tell my sister And Wallace, played by Kieran Culkin Who's amazing in this movie He's my favorite character in this movie
2: He's up there for me right with Aubrey Plaza Who is my my other favorite character Yeah, I love them both a lot
0: Chris Evans is hysterical in this movie. I
1: really like Chris Evans. Yeah, he's pretty great.
0: He's only in this movie for like five minutes, and he makes the most of every second of those five minutes. (laughs) So he asks him not to tell his sister, and Wallace says, you know me, and no sooner has he flipped open his phone that the house phone is ringing, and it is Anna Kendrick, Scott's sister, Stacy.
2: And her name card also says T for teen because she's younger than him.
0: She's 18 yeah. in, in the story. Now, fun fact about Stacy. Stacy is named after the comic book writer Brian Lee O'Malley's sister, Stacy, who worked at the coffee shop where they filmed the movie no shit. for years. And so, as they were filming the movie, she gave Anna Kendrick her name tag. From when she worked there And Anna Kendrick wears it through the whole movie Holy shit oh, I mean you do man. see her wearing
2: it It has her name on yes. it I didn't realize That is so cool
0: Isn't that cool? That, that is that's so one of those cool. like tiny Tiny little details That's so amazing But he says who told you And she's like Wallace And he just says you gossipy bitch Which is <laughs> And then Wallace
2: opens the bathroom door And on the phone Auto magically on the call with them He says you know me And hangs up I loved that I thought that was so funny
0: and Anna Kendrick says, who is this mystery child you date? Which is how we find out that it is yeah. Knives Chow, 17-year-old Chinese schoolgirl who goes to a Catholic school with the uniform.
2: I love this whole conversation between him and Anna Kendrick because she's asking him and he's like, I know, I know it's horrible. And she's a Catholic schoolgirl. I know, I know it's horrible. <laughs> it's yeah. so funny. And then the way it ends, I think it's hilarious.
0: Well, and she, like everyone else, goes through and they're like, You haven't had sex with her, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, we're just checking because that's not okay. Uh, and he's like, No, we hugged once. And she basically is like, You're doing this because you're still getting over your breakup from and we don't get her name, but we do get a shot of Envy Adams on a newspaper.
2: Yes. Which is Brie Larson, right?
0: Yeah, uh, Captain Marvel.
2: Yeah. By the way, I just looked it up. Age of consent in Canada is sixteen. <laughs> The whole
0: country? Yeah. They don't go state by state.
2: Well, they don't have state; they have provinces. But still, it's sixteen across the board, which uh, is a little surprising.
0: That's not surprising to me because it's lower throughout most of Europe as well. America's uh, an outlier with it being eighteen.
2: Well, I mean, uh, honestly, a lot of it's states state state. in America are sixteen too. In fact, yeah. and I, I'm, I don't <laughs> like that I know this. But I know this. Tell us, Todd. Unless it's changed since I was in high school, all of the states that border Tennessee, except for Virginia, their age of consent is 16. And Tennessee's is 18. We used to make jokes that like Tennessee and Virginia were the only civilized members of the South because everywhere else it was younger.
0: <laughs> well, Ann, I-, I think it's one of those things that culturally a lot you know life has changed for people and you know when my grandma was growing up it's probably not as weird to get married at 16 or whatever as it is now Yeah it
2: would be it'd be weird now.
0: <laughs> it'd be weird now. Um but I think that's just one more thing with this movie where like yes the age of consent is 16 but everyone also still thinks it's gross. Yes. <laughs> like they're all like this is still an issue. It is, especially when you
1: can drink and they can't like that. Even in college, you were like, oh, boy.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think part of that, too, is this was also made for an American audience. It does come out in Canada. It is popular in Canada, but its widest release is America. And so I think knowing that a lot of American states are at 18, I think they probably kept that in mind when writing it. That makes sense. Even though a lot of the same like, ooh is in the comics as well, where the comics also kind of establish that it's a little dicey. So anyway, uh, we cut to Scott and Wallace picking up knives at school <laughs> and he introduces Wallace as this is my cool gay roommate, Wallace Wells. And she just says, do you want to know who in my class is gay? I
2: love what he says. He goes, yeah, does he have glasses? <laughs> So ridiculous. I love Wallace.
0: Um, But he tells her, you're too good for him. Run. And then we cut to essentially like halfway through Scott and Knives date. Yeah. And what we're going to see over the next couple scenes is this is kind of their standard date where they like go to an arcade they go through a thrift store and they go to the record store Yeah So the first thing we see is the arcade with They're playing Ninja Go Which is like Dance Dance Revolution but a ninja game Which doesn't actually exist but is super cool It is
1: pretty cool, yeah uh,
0: And this is the first time we hear the story of the origins of the name Pac-Man Where it was originally like Puckman
1: Well this is his go-to line
2: Yeah, this is how he chats up women Which is disturbing <laughs>
0: Well, he's he's bad at women one of the problems with this movie is Is assuming that he would get any girl ever okay so okay i'm glad we're talking about that because i'm like that's the problem
1: i had with this movie (laughs) was i'm like who would date this guy
0: i mean when i could be dating chris evans i mean some of the
2: hottest movie stars that are out now would date this guy (laughs) 10 years ago so
1: whatever that tells you that's what it is Todd, what's your go-to like talk-up line?
2: I don't typically approach women. They approach me.
1: I think that that is the douchiest thing you've said on this podcast. No,
0: I, I think it's accurate. <laughs> no, here's the thing. I think he's being honest. I don't yeah. think it's douchey, but I am fascinated by that statement. Yeah. I definitely had more success dating when I started approaching people instead of waiting and so i became a lady who approaches dudes so guys
1: love when you get a. I love when i get approached same i feel good for the rest of the day even if i don't like you i'll be like nice and i'm like
0: that's really nice that's what i found is when i approached and even if the answer was no it wasn't mean yeah if that mm-hmm. makes sense where people were just like thank you like no but thank you
2: <laughs> i've been to play downtown and i'm not gay you know but i'll go there. i'll get approached yeah. by dudes and i'm like Man, that's super flattering. Thank you. I'm just not interested, you know. And yeah. it's it, it honestly is always an ego stroke.
1: I thought you were approached by women, so you're approached by women. I mean, I thought I thought
0: the first thing you said was you are approached by women.
2: Yeah, I was just saying, even in a place where I don't want to be approached, uh, it's still super complimentary.
0: I spent a lot of a lot a lot a lot of time in gay clubs in my early 20s, yeah. which is how I learned that I should approach people because in gay clubs it's very equitable on who approaches who. It is where people just kind of approach people. Yeah. And so I think I got a little more used to that
1: Most of the time If someone reaches out to me on Twitter Or like they go into my DMs on Instagram or something Usually it's a man fan Who is super into me And it's very It's flattering I have to like lightly Mm -hmm. You know Say thank you And you know One of the
2: reasons I am very public about Natalie and Mai's relationship And I talk about Natalie all the time Is because I wanted some of that to stop And it did
1: Okay, so this happened. They, they're always like, you should turn to a bear. And I'm like, I, you know, I think it would be you easier
2: to be a well guy. As a bear. I mean, honestly, Mikey, you'd clean the fuck up as a bear. Um, but I mean it was, like, it was no from doubt. both
1: men and, and women
0: What I get now is people Approaching us to swap Oh, do you, do you guys get that now that you're public about Natalie
1: I wouldn't be able to swap anything Except for like
0: well it's always somebody that just Wants to have sex with my hot husband and is Like you could have my boyfriend and I'm just like I, No <laughs> I, I'm not Interested in this please stop
2: Natalie and I get some pretty crazy offers That we yeah, politely turned out it. yeah. It's a lot worse for her because she has 100,000 Followers on Instagram so she yeah, gets yeah, like yeah. Crazy things sent to her her and most of it is like really just gross and graphic you know but yeah 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 yeah, 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 me too me too me too yeah like this one guy literally who knows her personally keeps (laughs) asking her for feet pictures no you're getting it wrong I send her feet pictures (laughs) that's what it
1: is he sends her feet pictures Mikey does this to change it up because everybody asked her for feet pictures. No one offers them first. (laughs)
0: He's being generous, Todd.
1: And I know that she's with you, so she doesn't see pretty feet.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Earlier today, Todd and I were talking about how our bad feet have come from a lifetime of hard labor. Yeah. Thank you, Mikey. From
2: years in the gulag, you son of a one percenter bitch.
0: I had to stand and return dish towels for white ladies who did not think I was human. How dare you?
2: (laughs) So Paige, to sum up this very long sidebar, yes, I have gotten weird offers. So does Natalie. And honestly, this is going to sound a little douchey too, but because I was in a band that was signed and we were touring, a lot of my years, like, because in college, it's easier. In high school, it's easier because you're, like, built into a community. After that, it's a little bit harder. That's what Mikey's dealing with now. So, like, yeah. but at that point, I was on stage opening for big national acts. I wasn't the band you were there to see, but it's still sort of impressive. So, like, I would meet people who were interested in meeting me that way. You know?
1: That yeah. makes way more sense. It was a little easier
2: for me. I mean, or I would be at karaoke and I'd fucking crush I believe in a thing called love and a woman would approach me.
1: I crush at karaoke That's- though, and I don't get approached. Well, Mikey,
2: <laughs> your definition of crush and my definition of crush are very different. You said I crushed. Mikey, you're drunk and you <laughs> do.
1: Todd, post the video to the Facebook group and see what they say.
2: If I can find that video, Mikey, it'll be in the Facebook group. I promise you.
0: Back when stand-up <laughs> was still a thing. I would come off stage after a good set to a a host of gentlemen who were like, I don't understand why I'm attracted to you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I am can I buy you drinks
2: And he'd be like it doesn't matter if you understand it <laughs> um, But yeah so Paige It's very similar to that they'd be like yeah, Damn yeah. that drummer looks aggressive And I'm feeling that energy So they would just come up to me afterward And they'd be like can I buy you a drink and I'd be like I have one Because I would always have a diet coke yeah. with a lime On it so it looked like I was drinking
0: there, there was a thing for Roast Battle for a while Where people would joke about me being Married and then people wouldn't believe me so, like, I would come off stage and they'd just be like, ha ha, married, really? And I'd be like, yes, here's a photo. And they are just like, no.
2: They're like, damn it, I can't compete with that. <laughs>
0: Who
2: can? <laughs> Who
0: can? Only all the other people I'm attracted to that look like it, apparently.
2: <laughs> Only this list of 30 men that everyone
0: has heard of. <laughs> <laughs> are you Chris Evans? Then fucking move it. <laughs> Okay so yeah So Pac-Man's his line that's his In wait Mikey what is your
2: In you're the only one who didn't say what Yours was
0: oh they just approached
2: me (laughs) And I turned him down or whatever
1: (laughs) Honestly okay one time When I was younger I got the number of a shot Girl at a bar who was very very Probably gets approached a lot and it was a real Number because we like we ended up going out on a date And I was like hey look I'm not the best looking guy at this bar But I'm funny and I can damn Well help you move (laughs) she was like that's really funny
0: if i was not married like back in my single days if someone had come up to me in a bar and said that i would have been like we're going on a date (laughs) you're fucking hilarious let's do this shit Oh, man. Well, that's great news,
2: Mike. I'm glad that line worked for you.
0: Yeah, it did,
1: and I used it multiple times.
0: <laughs> that, I'm, I'm not gonna lie to you, Mike. I'm sure it's I'm sure it's rough online because it does not translate as well. But that's a fucking great line in person. That's amazing. If you had like two
1: drinks in you and you see me, and I'm just like, look, I know I don't look like Prince Charming, but I'm definitely the guy that moved Prince Charming's mattress into the <laughs> throne room. You
3: know. <laughs>
2: I'm the guy who lifted all of those mattresses
1: and put that pee under there. (laughs) (laughs) That pee was my lunch and it like fell on my shirt.
0: (laughs) So Pac-Man, we reveal that she's the one paying for the video games. It's just one more thing in a line of, of stuff that's, you know, making us realize that Scott is a total schlub and kind of worthless. Yeah. They go to a thrift store. They're going through the aisles. Fun fact about this thrift store: it's a real thrift store, and they had to bring in other old clothes because the thrift store clothes were too bright for the way they wanted to light real. the scene. Oh wow! So they had to like like fill the racks and rearrange the racks with like brown, gray, drab drab clothing, clothing. Yeah. <laughs> then they go to the record shop. Now, the funniest thing about this record store is the genre headings. Did any of you catch that? I didn't notice. Any of them. No oh okay the next time you watch the movie go because it's stuff like gloom <laughs> is <of> them like <laughs> oh, sad oh. rock math rock
2: math rock's a thing
0: it's real some of them are real some of them are made up yeah but th- it's very very funny that that's all this record store would have and it's pretty great it's definitely worth that's awesome for. Um, but at the record stores where they meet Julie, Aubrey Plaza, and she asks if Scott's coming to her party or is she babysitting, referring to Knives. Yeah,
2: who is right next to him.
0: Yeah, and totally it's over her head. Yes. Because she's too busy looking at albums from The Clash at Demonhead, which Scott kind of tries to get her to put away and not buy because as we will find out later... The lead singer of Clash at Demon Head is his ex, Envy Adams. Yeah. So they walk out of the record store and they're talking and she says, I've never even kissed a guy. And Scott says, hey, me neither. Yeah. And inst- <laughs> they just walk home holding hands <laughs> through the center of a giant X.
2: Oh, yeah. All, uh-huh. There
0: X's all over this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To give like a heads up. Yeah.
2: Oh, that's awesome. I used that line in high school once.
0: Was I've never even kissed a boy, me neither. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. (laughs) That's surprising.
2: (laughs) Well, okay, so full disclosure that is no longer true. (laughs) Less
3: surprising.
1: (laughs) God. (laughs) I hope the boy got away.
2: We were playing Truth or Dare and
0: kissed one of my friends, and uh, it was fine. They didn't even dare me to do it. I just, you know, I wanted to get out ahead of it.
1: Yeah, it was, it was afterwards when he was saying goodnight.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh, they get back to his apartment, <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, it's your secret lair, and he won't let her in.
2: It is sort of a shithole. I sort of don't necessarily blame him for it's that. It's
0: totally a shithole. Fun fact about it, so... The guy who wrote the comics deliberately drew that specific like kind of like doorway where it's almost like a basement level apartment that has a street entrance. Yeah. um, Because he thought it was an apartment. And then they went into it when they were trying to film. And it's just a garage. So they had to create that set. And that door goes to nowhere. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he tells he asks if she wants to see the house where he grew up. And he turns and it's across the street. Yeah. Uh, That's actually in a different part of town, but just the way they cut it, it looks like it's across the street.
2: Yeah, that's so cool.
0: So as they're looking at that house, we cut to a dream sequence where Scott is alone in a desert and a woman rollerblades past him and says, you're not alone. You're just having some idiotic dream. And he says, does that mean we can make out? And we cut to him waking up. Yeah. In a bed with Wallace And Wallace's boyfriend. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And they said, can we skip dream time? We don't want to hear about your your ex-girlfriend, essentially. And he's like, no, it was somebody new. And they're like, that's nice. Weren't you supposed to take your child girlfriend to the library? So we cut to the library.
1: (laughs) I would love to be someone. like If I was in college, This I would have had such good insults for someone dating someone in high school. Oh, Oh, yeah. (laughs) But now you wouldn't. Is that what you're saying? Now, if I know someone who's dating a high schooler, they better be in high schooler. Because if I go to work and they're like, I'm dating a high schooler, I'm like, I'm a mandatory reporter.
0: Yeah. (laughs) so we cut to the library and scott sees the girl from his dream at the library and knives asks him do you know that girl and he says what and we cut to band practice so it's almost this like he's not paying attention to the day and so we're cutting to (laughs) the pieces of time that he's like present which is kind of fun but we cut to band practice where (laughs) They say, you only played one note for that entire song. Is your girlfriend distracting you? And then we cut to knives and she just says, I can be quieter. She's (laughs) clearly just been silent the whole time. Yeah. Then we cut again to them walking to Julie's party and he's like, where are we going again? We're going to a party. We told you. And he agrees to go purely so he will have something to complain about, which is a pretty fun reason. I I feel like I've gone to many a party in my early 20s for something to complain about. Heck yeah. And at the party, he says, this sucks. I'm going to go pee due to boredom. And on his way to the bathroom, he runs into Como, who knows everyone. And that's what his little character tag says. Como, age 25, knows everyone. <laughs> and I
2: thought it was insane that Como Arregato could pick out <laughs> Ramona Flowers from this horrible scribble drawing he did.
0: It's, it's just like a freehand. Do you know
2: a girl with hair like this? And it's just. And he's like, yes, Ramona Flowers. Like, he just knows. Or well,
0: her hair's very unique. That Okay, that Halloween that this movie came out, I carved a pumpkin with that outline.
2: <laughs> oh, my God, Paige.
0: Because I thought it would look cool And then tweeted it And Edgar Wright retweeted it So What?
2: Hello I didn't realize you and Edgar Wright Were such good friends
0: Clearly he's <laughs> my type I don't know why this is Confusing <laughs> you at all
1: You're like my mom When the Hallmark movie actors Like her tweets and retweet them
0: You didn't tell me your mom was famous That's
1: amazing
0: <laughs> She told be like
1: Oh my god Guess who liked my tweet Mario Lopez
0: Because I <laughs> <laughs> That's Okay that's a big deal t- He's I know a I'm pretty cute. <laughs> so, anyway, he approaches Como. Como shows up a couple different times in the movie in backgrounds where he has one or two lines that are just the most hipster things to say. So, he's always like right off screen going like, yeah, their first album, but I actually liked their first album, <laughs> which is <laughs> is perfect.
2: It is pretty great.
0: Uh, But yeah, so he holds up the drawing that's just a scribble, and he says, that's Ramona Flowers. I gotta tell you, I hear she's pretty hardcore. She's supposed to be here tonight. And so Scott then basically searches the whole party, finds her, and tries to strike up conversation with his typical pac-man line and she is just not having it she could not care
3: less
2: (laughs) here's why i love this scene when we saw him do this same pac-man routine on knives he was super confident sort of full of Mm -hmm. himself sort of like talking about it and it comes across great but he's the opposite of that with ramona flowers so like he He butchers his delivery of it i don't mean like the actor michael Sarah nails it yeah it's just so funny the difference
1: between the two this is how i am with like people i actually like
0: you just got to help the people you like move.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I just end up, you know, I'm ex- I I end up rambling a little bit with I, when I actually like someone.
2: Mikey's a rambling man. So my <clears> secret <throat> for that is to not care at all if it goes well.
0: That that does make a difference. Yeah. You, you really have to be like. If they say no, it wasn't supposed to be anyway. Why would I want to be with somebody who doesn't like me?
1: Exactly. You see, I just care too much about all people.
2: That's not what I'm saying, Mikey. I'm just saying, like, if you approach a woman and you just, like, go with the opinion of if she's into this, it's going to happen. If she's not, it's fine. It doesn't matter because it wasn't supposed to happen.
1: I'm not not talking about the initial approach. Like, I'll be on the date and, like, you know, if I'm really feeling it, like the old butterflies, you know what I'm saying? I will be not as smooth as usual.
2: I want to see Mikey when he thinks he's his most smooth. Uh, not freshly manscaped. I mean, like, uh, smooth <laughs> with the ladies.
0: I feel like I back, back in my single days, I always felt like I was annoying people. Like, hardcore. Where I was like, oh, I, they, I'm bothering them by talking to them. And, like, if I go back and read those messages and stuff now, I'd be like, I was crazy. I was just being nice. That kind of thing (laughs) would hold me back more than like rambling. It would be me being like, I'm bothering.
1: Well, one of the things I if I'm on a date, I'm like not feeling it or I'm just like there's not super chemistry. I'm not talking as much. I'll like I'll ask Mm -hmm. questions and kind of disengage. But if like if it's someone I really like, there's like not that internal wall of like talk. I don't have Mm -hmm. to not care. Be cool. I'm like super into the Mm -hmm. Not, Not that I'm not into the conversation, but I'm like walls down a bit.
0: Yeah
2: if I was on a first date if I was talking 20% of the time I thought it was too much
0: That was me yeah and I got better about it when the key for me was finding somebody who was going to give an enthusiastic yes not an okay because I could read an enthusiastic yes and then I wasn't as worried about it
2: I like that that's a good rule Paige that's a really good rule yeah
0: and also thankfully they were like Buff Ken dolls with the requisite hairstyle. I like apparently.
2: (laughs) It is one specific type.
1: (laughs)
0: She's dated every
1: stunt double in the Chris Evans scene. Yeah, I was just like, I'm pretty sure Paige fucked that guy (laughs) in the movie. (laughs) In the movie, I was like, that stunt double, third from the left, that's Paige's (laughs) ex. (laughs)
2: <laughs> no, it's not. And all of them are Paige's ex. I just thought it was really <laughs> right. cool for all of Paige's evil exes to show up to help support Chris Evans in this fight <laughs> in this movie.
0: <laughs> Here's what's terrible. I notice it, but I don't. Okay, stops. Just, just be quiet. Because every time he's like, "You guys
1: wouldn't even believe who I'm attracted to," and if she like sends us a picture. It's the same fucking guy
2: every time.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, no, guys, man. this one's different. I'm like, oh wow, it's not. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: It's not different
2: If you just want to know what Paige's type is Google Bobo Chris Evans
0: (laughs) I don't even want to know What happens when that comes up
1: Yeah just google like in shape Brunette guy with maybe a beard But definitely not clean shaven Like (laughs) Eyes who never look straight at the camera They're always looking away And he looks like he's just contemplating Pooping What Paige that
2: that
3: checks out And that's on you (laughs)
0: Talk about Mikey for a second. Where it's Uh-oh. like, is she is she a faceless blonde woman that could be any person ever? If you could like <laughs> sand the face off a Barbie, that's Mikey's type. <laughs> no,
1: you guys know what I like. It's that mouthful of teeth. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true.
0: Somebody's got to have too many teeth in their mouth.
1: You got too much teeth in your <laughs> mouth. I like a girl whose smile looks like the entrance to a fun house.
0: You, look, you like a girl who looks like she could be bridled and led around Central Park with a carriage. <laughs> you like a girl I mean, who
2: will do almost anything for a loose carrot. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, and I've got a loose carrot. <laughs> Mikey's dick (laughs) is orange, ladies! (laughs) You guys don't spray tan?
0: (laughs) Do you only spray tan your dick?
1: It's a (laughs) surprise.
0: (laughs)
2: Paige, now I know why Mikey refers to his member as the Trump card.
0: No! (laughs) (laughs) My type doesn't seem so weird now.
2: No, your type is the most normal of all the ones we've talked about.
1: It's very conventionally attractive. Yes
0: am i a sellout
1: no (laughs) you're a superficial bitch
0: (laughs) so he fails in talking to her and says okay i'll leave you alone forever now and she just says thanks yeah and then he stalks her (laughs) until she leaves the party and then interrogates a bunch of people about her at the party uh my favorite one is the first (laughs) set of girls he comes up to and just goes Lady dudes,
2: I love that. That was very funny. <laughs>
0: Lady dudes, do you know Ramona Flowers? And everyone kind of gives him generic facts about her, like she's from America. Uh, one of them says she has men dying at her feet, which he ignores, but will come back later.
2: Yeah, well, and one of them also mentions that she has a boyfriend. One of them says that they just broke up, and that's when Aubrey Plaza comes in and is like, I didn't want her to know if they broke up or whatever.
0: Yeah, she. She basically says that she just moved here. She got a job at Amazon. Uh, they just broke up, but I don't even know if they actually broke up because she keeps talking about him. Yeah. But I didn't want you to know that because I forbid you from hitting on Ramona. At this point, <laughs> Stephen Stills is like, no, he like he's over it. He's dating a high schooler now. And she's like, no, that is the mourning period. He's yeah. not over anything. Which is so true. Yeah. And this is where she calls him a lady killer wannabe jerky jerk. Yeah. And lists off a number of girls that he has potentially wronged uh, or at least broken up with and and everything. So we learn that Scott does not have a great track record. Anyway, we cut back to Scott and Wallace's apartment and the door opens and Wallace says, guess who's drunk? And Scott (laughs) says, I guess Wallace, (laughs) you guess right.
2: I love when Wallace throws his keys and it hits him right in the head.
0: Here's what's even better. He doesn't throw the keys. He like slaps his hand yeah and like flicks the keys out yeah. i don't even know how he does it it's an
2: open palm he's got his keys in his open palm and then he yeah. swings his arm up i just hit the mic sorry he just <laughs> swings his arm up and he stops his momentum with one hand and the keys go flying in the out, yes. out of the other hand it's awesome i love karen Culkin so much
0: anyway <laughs> so wallace collapses into the bed and Scott's trying to tell him about Ramona Flowers being at the party. And he just says, "Then you should break up with your fake high school girlfriend." Scott's phone rings. He picks it up, and it's his sister who says, "You're thinking of juggling two chicks." And he says, "How did you even do that?" And we cut to Wallace, who is unconsciously texting on his phone. Which it's just phenomenal. It's great. But this is where his sister says, you of all people should know what it's like to be cheated on, which is how we kind of find out what happened with Envy. Yeah. So we cut to the next morning where Scott's ordering something on Amazon in hopes that Ramona will deliver it. And as he's doing that, he finds out that he has an email and he reads it. And it's an invitation for the first fight of the movie, But he just skims it and doesn't really look at it and deletes it because he thinks it's boring. (laughs) Yeah, this is
1: me at work. (laughs) Policy email, delete, delete. And then in a meeting, they're like, if you went over your email, you know that we're I'm like, what?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so he orders it and then he sits by the front door to wait for the package he just ordered, even though it's probably not going to ship till Monday. The doorbell rings. He opens it and it's Knives who attack hugs. Because yes. he was supposed to meet her at the bus stop half an hour ago. And we go through a montage of the same stuff they do on every date. It's not as seamless. He's not as confident. It's not as happy, if that makes he
2: sense. He seems 100% checked out. Yeah. Yeah,
0: he wants to be with Ramona. Yeah. Yeah. And we get to them playing Ninja Go, where he gets to the solo round, Nega Ninja. And it asks if they want to continue. And he says, I think we should. Uh, And you think they're going to break up there. I did but they did not but they did not we cut to band practice that night and she is there and excited in a shirt that she has made herself
2: (laughs) that has their band name on it that
0: has their band name on it Uh, when Steven lets them know that they've been accepted to the Battle of the Bands and the prize is a record deal with G-Man Graves who's a very famous independent record producer and he says, it won't just be Knives wearing Sex bob shirts. It'll be cool kids, too. <laughs> this <is> Such the- <laughs> a good burn. Brutal, uh, but great. And he reveals that their first match is against Crash and the Boys. And in the background, you hear young Neil say, is that that one band with Crash and those boys? <laughs> But Scott walks to the bathroom And he's got a pee bar in the corner That drains as he pees (laughs) And he exits the bathroom Into a school hallway Which is a very cool shot Because it's a continuous shot of like He comes into the bathroom He pees He walks out of the bathroom And it's a completely different world on the other side Which is very cool Uh, They actually had to build movable sets That they only had like a short period of time to move So, like, he walks into the bathroom, and then they have to move a wall of lockers into place.
2: Yeah. Well, and the flooring, because the flooring's different, too. Yeah, I wondered if they did that with a green screen, because you can do it with a green screen now, too. Like, Mm -hmm. that kind of a shot is not super difficult now, but it has to be on green screen. To do it the way they did it, which is all practical, it looks better, and it also is much more difficult.
0: Yeah, but yeah, it, it is practically done. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Ramona rollerblades through that hallway ending at the door to his apartment which we know is outside but in this dream sequence, is in the middle of this hallway he wakes up and opens the door to the apartment as she rings the doorbell because again we've kind of been cutting back and forth through his dream sequences of her and him kind of barely paying attention to people so we kind of have like a little bit of an unreliable narrator going on in Scott that we're only kind of catching snippets Yeah. So he wakes up back at his apartment and opens the door right as she rings the doorbell and says, do you want to go out sometime? And she just says, can you just sign for this? And he says, I dreamt you were delivering me this package. We met at the party. Were you the Pac-Man guy? No, that was some total ass. (laughs) 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 But if I sign for this, you'll leave. And she says, yeah, that's how it works. Just you know if you if i say yes to hang out with you will you sign for your damn package basically i
1: would have gone you delivered this package to me Uh on friday night let me deliver a package to you you should have
0: gone with you delivered this package to me and i know that you're new in town do you need help moving or assembling furniture (laughs) (laughs) i'm also good
1: at moving heavy boxes
0: we cut to that night where they're gonna hang out and it's eight o'clock and they're walking across kind of like a snowy playground that kind of plays into a couple different scenes in the movie yeah they just kind of walk around and talk which is kind of cool
2: yeah it seems like a pretty good but chilly first date
0: yeah uh they end up heading back to her house because it really starts snowing and as they're heading back to her house she says i think there's a door over here somewhere and it's a star door from mario it's one of the first times we see it in the movie but it comes up a couple times Yeah. So back at Ramona's apartment, one of my favorite scenes in the movie is the list of tea options that she gives him.
2: It's very, very long. One of which is like liver destroyer or something like that. One of which
0: is it's liver disaster. But also there's white truffle is another one (laughs) which is like not at all something you'd want to drink as tea, uh, like sleepy time tea. Uh, so they decide on sleepy time. She goes to the bedroom to get him a blanket.
2: Well, Paige, they decide on no tea, actually. Yeah. It, they do, because
0: she leaves the room. She
1: decides on pee. What? For penis instead of tea.
2: Oh, Mikey, you've got to be more clear. Like... You realize Ah. golden showers are a thing, right? I was going for more of an
0: alphabet joke. I
2: wrote it. This joke brought to you by the letter (laughs) T for terrible.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So she goes to get a blanket. He follows her and walks in on her changing. He covers his eyes. He says, oh, that's really warm. What is that? He opens his eyes and it's her like hugging him. So they end up making out. And as they make out, there's like hearts and like him playing guitar as a ghost above them it's yeah it's pretty great
2: it's pretty wild yeah
0: that's the kind of stylized stuff in this movie that i kind of love yeah so he asks were you just gonna bring the blanket from your bed because we could just get under it because we're so cold We could maybe not have tea
2: And you could have me
0: (laughs) uh, But they don't have sex uh, Because she says no And he respects
2: He does but she also does reserve the right To have sex later in the night If she so chooses And he obliges that request Yeah, I mean they don't have sex but he's like I'm fine with that
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, So the next day he invites her to the Battle of the Bands And she gives him her phone number Which is a phone number with seven X's underneath it That he
2: thinks are tiny kisses
0: We cut to the Rocket Now this is one of the places that has a location tag uh, And it just says the Rocket Fun fact, this place is a toilet (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And she shows up and he's very excited that she came And they go around kind of introducing people we've got uh Anna Kendrick and her boyfriend Jimmy we've got the rest of the bandmates and then knives and there's some questionable things going on because they're both there and so Ramona asks how do you two know each other and he just says I uh I have to go and runs away
2: and then literally runs away like a child who just wrote on the wall their own name (laughs) and their dad's like who did that? Clearly it's that person. He wrote their own name on the wall. Never mind. Did you Did you write that joke? No, I was that child. I did that. <laughs> what? Of course you were. The middle child? God. I was the youngest. Thank you.
0: He gets backstage and Steven's freaking out. While they're freaking out backstage, all of their friends kind of go sit up in the balcony in like three or four different tables next to each other. Yeah. Wallace is sitting next to Jimmy, Stacy's boyfriend. And he just turns to Jimmy and says, hey, Jimmy, do they rock or suck? And Jimmy's like, they have not started playing yet. And he says, that was a test, Jimmy. (laughs) You
2: passed. But Wallace is picking up some vibes from Jimmy that turn out to be very correct. Right.
0: Wallace knows Jimmy in a way that I don't know Jimmy knows himself yet.
2: Oh, but Jimmy quickly learns.
0: Yeah. But Crash and the Boys goes up. And they're kind of heckling them where they're like, we're Crash and the Boys. Is that girl a boy, too? Yes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the girl who was a drummer, which Kim is not happy about.
0: Right, because she thought she was going to be the only girl drummer.
2: And it turns out every band has a girl drummer in this movie.
0: <laughs> Actually, yeah, I yeah. think so.
2: Except
1: for the DJs, the Wakanabe twins.
2: Every band has a drummer.
1: Wow. Yeah. The 20 DJs that listen to this podcast are going to be so mad at you.
2: You think we have 20 DJs who listen to this?
1: Oh, we definitely have 20 DJs. Mikey,
2: they're too busy hitting spacebar on their computer and dancing and or throwing cakes at people.
1: I'm assuming Steve Aoki
2: is one of our listeners. So
0: if he is, his pizza is really great. And Steve, I just want you to know that. And listen, Steve, I'm a fan. Anyway, Crash and the Boys play their first song uh, and it's called I'm So Sad. I'm So Very, Very Sad. And the whole song is just I'm so sad. (laughs) thank you
2: (laughs) yeah it's terrible (laughs)
0: Uh, my favorite is wallace heckles them again and they're like our next song is called we hate you please die
2: (laughs) yeah looking right at wallace yeah i do think wallace's heckle is perfect for what just happened though because he literally says it's not a race because they played their first song (laughs) so fast fast. (laughs) yeah well and then
0: the second song is pretty fast too and Yeah, scott is transfixed with the girls talking up in the balcony worried that they're gonna find out that he's dating them at the same time And as he's doing that steven is yelling at him and he can't be heard over the band Yeah, but in time to the music he's saying we're never gonna make it We're not gonna get to play for g-man scott. I wish you would stop just staring you're freaking me out But it's like in beat to the music, which is pretty fun but then we get kind of like a Almost like a, an anime reference of Scott's like head super imposed on the girls in the balcony. And he just says, oh, no, this is a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> Turns, slaps Steven across the face and then just says, we need to play now and loud.
2: And then they do just that.
0: They do just that. And we do cut to the conversation up in the balcony. And this is where Ramona asks Knives like, oh, how did you meet Scott? And She just says I was on the bus with my Mom and then she freaks Out because the band starts to play and Passes out yeah and Ramona Just says was that the end of the story (laughs) That's the only Story we get about how they met Which is very funny yeah so They play their song garbage truck which Is actually pretty catchy as far as Punk music goes yeah yeah most of The music in this movie is written By Beck and performed By the actors in the film yeah Uh, They all had to learn to play in order to be in the movie And I think Michael Sarah already played um, But I think Kim had to learn the drums
2: That does not surprise me I think Kim does a great job it, I'm assuming she only like learned in like a month or six weeks Because that shit's like yeah. They make you learn that stuff so so fast So it's impressive what she learned how to do But she's not doing anything super difficult you know?
0: No, and to be honest I think even within the comics And within this movie They're not supposed to be a great band Yeah which I think is kind of fun. I think they're like a level above Garage Band.
2: I mean, they're a punk band. This is not a controversial statement, although it might sound like it. Like, punk music is not meant to be quote-unquote right. good and played good. It's meant to have a lot of feeling behind it, right? Right, So, like, right. you could be shitty musicians that were very passionate and wrote hooky songs, and you'd be a great punk band. Yeah. It's not about being the best at the drums or at the guitar.
0: Right, and I do think they somehow manage to sound gritty and unpolished while being catchy enough that you don't stop watching, if right. that makes sense. They walk a really fine line. Yes. So as they're playing, someone crashes through the ceiling and yells, Mr. Pilgrim! Oh, God. <laughs> and as he soars towards Scott, Scott tosses his base to young Neil, who catches it. Yes. And punches into the like jump punches knocking the guy out of the air and this is where Matthew Patel who is the first evil ex introduces himself and Wallace just says watch out it's that one guy (laughs) (laughs) but this is where we reveal that he's the first evil X. didn't you get my email i skimmed it and this is my favorite cg that they do in this movie
2: it's very like anime comic booky yeah it's cool it's cool cool. yeah I,
0: i
1: think this is what people probably didn't like that the fights were too stylized
0: but specifically in this fight it's the only time they do it I think it's cool every time I see it. There's a sound effect. Every other sound effect we've seen in this movie is kind of a not-quite-opaque typography on the screen. And in this fight, he turns and roundhouse kicks the typography, and it shatters as if it's there, corporeally in their world. Yeah. And then you watch from above as it shatters and falls to the ground in shards, real in the world. And it's the only time they do it, but it's almost this idea of like that word was actually there in some sort of shatterable form and now it's on the ground. And I'm just like, it looks real. How'd you do that? I don't know, (laughs) but I've always really liked it.
2: Yeah, it's very cool.
0: Yeah. He asks him if he's a pirate. Pirates
2: are in this year, Paige.
0: (laughs) Pirates are in this year and... We get the story from Ramona about how they went out in seventh grade and they only kissed once and then broke up. But the reason she dated him was because of his mystical powers. And then it turns into a mini musical, prompting Anna Kendrick to just go, What in the middle of (laughs) (laughs) that? I love that other people in this world are just like, What's happening right now? (laughs) Like, they're equally as confused as the audience, which is pretty great.
2: And and Paige, I'll say it turns into a Bollywood musical. It's not like a normal, sort of stylized musical like that we've done on this podcast before. It is like a Bollywood musical. And if you haven't seen those, they're a little extra.
0: I love them. They're
2: great, but they're a little extra. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah, and so he shoots fireballs and has a retinue of demon hipster chicks. Good
2: word, Which is yes. pretty
0: funny. Yeah. Um, and one of the fireballs kills Crash and the boys, just like <laughs> vaporizes them. Uh, Scott reaches down and throws a cymbal from the dismantled drum kit, knocking Matthew Patel in the head. He then jumps up and punches him for a KO And Matthew bursts into a pile of coins. Yes. And then Scott just goes, Oh coins And picks them up Like he like Bends down To collect all of them And then
2: he's like Oh it's only $2.48 And then Ramona's like I'll loan you 30 whatever cents So we can take The bus home And then they bone Out of there Because he just Committed his first murder
0: Right exactly And she says to (laughs) Self defense Well and and there were A ton of witnesses uh, Including Crash and the Boys Uh, So she says (laughs) To Anna Kendrick's Character Stacy Tell your gay friends I say bye And she says what and we reveal that Wallace And her boyfriend Jimmy are making out And she just says Wallace again yeah. Meaning it's not <laughs> the first time
2: But it is the last time we'll see Her boyfriend who is now making out with Wallace Out of Wallace's bed
0: Yes that's true <laughs> <laughs> um, Knives wakes up just in time To see Sex bob win The Battle of the Bands And Scott and Ramona hop on the bus Where she tells him that he may have to defeat her seven evil exes if they're going to date. And he says, so that means we're dating. Can we make out? As they do this, if you look out the windows of the bus, all of the lights are hearts. Like the little like yeah. light flares are all heart-shaped. That's
2: super cute.
0: It's a very yeah. uh, that is cool. tiny touch that if you like aren't looking for it, you don't see it. It's pretty fun. Uh, we cut back to the apartment where Scott enters to the Seinfeld theme and says... Someone got to second base and a second date tonight. I mean me, that someone's me. Well, first and a half. And it's basically this kind of almost like a cold open (laughs) with him and Wallace. But this is where Wallace again is like, hey, you have to break up with knives today. And if you don't, I'm going to tell Ramona.
2: Yeah, he wants Wallace to get out of the apartment. He's like, "Okay, I'll do that. So you can have his night with uh, Ramona Flowers. But only if you break up with knives today.
0: Right. And as he's doing that, Jimmy walks out of the bathroom. And Scott says, what? Double standard. And he says, I didn't make the gay rule book. Take it up with Liberace's ghost. (laughs) Which is like the idea that that's who made the gay rule book in this world. Yeah. He lets Scott know that he's going to be at home all day watching a Lucas Lee marathon, who used to be a skateboarder, is now an actor. I do love that the Lucas Lee, because we're about to see it like a shot from a fake movie. Yes. And it's on Spike, which I'm like, that's the perfect channel. This is great. Yeah.
2: (laughs) I do love what Chris Evans says in that phone booth.
0: He dials the phone with a gun.
2: Yeah. And then he goes, (laughs) you'll hear two clicks. The first is me hanging up. And the second is me pulling the trigger. And then he hangs up with the butt of the gun. I was like, I love this guy.
0: It's 20 seconds of brilliance from, <laughs> from, from Chris, Chris Evans. Evans I am, yeah, I am not biased at all. <laughs> we cut to Scott calling Knives from a phone booth. And it turns out that she's right there. She sees him in the phone booth. So they go to the record store where we find out that the Clash at Demonhead is coming to town to play a show. And Knives says... I wanted to invite you over to dinner to meet my parents because it's my birthday. And he's like, I'm too old for you. And she's like, no, my parents have a pretty big age gap. And he's like, are you allowed to date outside your race? Which is a terrible thing to say. Yeah. Super racist. It's not great. And she says, I'm in love. And it's this like foggy were like typography that he kind of like waves away from his face.
2: This is the first of two, what I will call Mikey moves in this movie. And this <laughs> oh, is him this wow. waving
1: away the commitment from Knives. I loved yeah. it. I was like, that's hilarious. Well, if you're not into it and someone says they love you, you're out.
0: I mean, yeah, it doesn't make sense to lie to them. So, yeah, right. I mean, I get it. He says, listen, I was thinking we should just break up or whatever. And she's like, really? And he says, yeah it's not going to work out She just says oh And she's crushed She is
2: very crushed yeah
0: Poor thing poor sweet baby angel So he rides the bus home alone And it's intercut with her looking sad um, But he gets over it Immediately because he's not a great person <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't really care How badly he hurt her to be honest No he's already been thinking
2: about Ramona And I don't think he was ever super into Knives Right. Yeah.
0: Anyway, he shows up at band practice where Kim, again, the drummer is just like, you're scum. <laughs> like, you suck. Yeah. Uh, and he lets them know that he's going to be bringing his new new girlfriend to, ba- to band practice that day. The doorbell rings and it's Ramona and she has a different color hair than she normally does. Her hair was pink. Now it's blue. Yeah. And... Scott immediately leaves band practice And lets young Neil play his part Because he and Ramona go back to the apartment Where he makes garlic bread as a meal Which I'm here for it
2: Yeah it looks delicious I'm on board for garlic bread I love it although she does say It'll make you fat and he's like wait what
0: If you ever go see this as like An interactive screening like a Rocky Horror Yeah this is one of the things people Yell at the screen where uh, She's like well yeah but then you get fat And bread makes you fat and he just goes Bread makes you fat, and everyone yells it together. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, he tells her that he wrote a song about her. It's the Ramona song, which has little to no lyrics and barely any music. And she says, I can't wait till it's finished. <laughs> we cut to 45 minutes later, they're making out. She makes a comment about his hair getting shaggy. And we find out that he got a haircut three hours before his last breakup. And so he's very self-conscious about it. That it was a brutal dumping. So she like cheated on him and then dumped him.
2: And I do love that for the rest of the movie, anytime someone comments on how shaggy his hair gets, they cut back to him and he's wearing that hat.
0: Yeah, a hat just appears (laughs) on his head. It's great.
2: No matter where they are, every time for the rest of the movie. And that gets established in this scene because to justify him putting on a hat, he's like, let's go for a walk.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they walk over to Casaloma, which is a real place where they're filming the Lucas Lee movie. And on the way over there, he says, "Whenever I'm with you, I feel like I'm on drugs, but I don't do drugs unless you do drugs, in which case I do all the drugs." <laughs> <laughs> um, but they find Wallace, and Wallace is there to see Lucas Lee. And as they turn, they see Lucas Lee come out of his trailer to the Universal Fanfare like with him cracking his neck in tune to the music yeah which is great it is
2: awesome also when he puts his skateboard down and starts to ride it it's also to the music yeah
0: it is also to the music it's very baby driver this is like it the is. first place he did it basically yeah. uh Wallace says, I want to have his adopted babies, (laughs) And Ramona says, we have to go. I used to date him, which basically means he's the next evil ex. Yes. He calls action, not the director, which is very funny. Action. And his line is, the only thing keeping me and her apart is the two minutes it's going to take to kick your ass. (laughs) And they're just like, oh, cool. And he just says, I'm talking to you, Scott Pilgrim. He's famous, and he talked to me. I love that, yeah. And he walks over, punches him, and then Scott says, can I have your autograph? And then he (laughs) punches him again and just says, how's life? He seems nice. And then throws Scott into the castle. Yeah. At (laughs) which point, Wallace says, hey, Scott, look out. Evil (laughs) ex. It's always like two minutes into a battle. Yeah. But Scott gets up. He calls after Lucas Lee. Whose back is to him, walking away? He catches up with him and turns him to reveal that it's actually his stunt double. And Chris Evans says, "He's good, right? Sometimes I even let him do the wide shots, which is whenever I feel like getting blazed back in my Winnie." And we see a shot of his team of stunt guys. Yeah. <laughs> There's about seven of them.
1: Paige's harem, if you will.
0: Yeah, sure. Uh <laughs> they go from looking a lot like Chris Evans right in the middle to gradually looking nothing like Chris Evans on the end. Yeah. Which is very funny. <laughs> like if you look all the way out, you're just like, what that does that's not even close. <laughs> but they kind of surround him. Wallace asks how it feels for them to always get his sloppy seconds. And the fight starts to the point where they overwhelm Scott and they're kicking him while he's down on the ground. And Chris Evans just says, I'm going to get a coffee. Do you guys want anything? And then reads a text. And this is the line that gets it becomes synonymous with his character in this movie where anytime anybody does any like art about this character or mentions this character, it's the that's actually hilarious. hilarious (laughs) and it has lived on forever occasionally chris evans will comment that like if you follow him on twitter sometimes he'll write that's actually hilarious hilarious for tweets and it's from this movie Uh, that's funny he turns around and the stuntmen are lying in a heap and scott is in the middle seemingly unscathed but he runs at scott they jump and meet mid-air and he kicks scott Through a backdrop of the new york skyline extra funny because as he flies through the backdrop the hole he creates allows you to see a really famous skyscraper in toronto that they often use to mimic the skyline of new york city (laughs) (laughs) and it's just like perfectly placed uh so he lands on the other side chris evans bursts through the rest of the backdrop And he's like, hey, get ready to feel the wrath of the league. And he's like, I don't even know what this is. And he's like, oh, you don't know about the league? Oh, don't worry about it then. Like, we're cool. Yeah, my bad. I'm so sorry. Oh, I think he even says, let's go grab a beer. (laughs) And then just (laughs) punches him again. Yeah. (laughs) It's just consummate douche. He's my favorite ex. Yeah. He's my favorite ex as well. (laughs) Especially when he's like, I'm going for the Oscar this year. (laughs) I own my own skate company, bro. Uh, Anyway, he dares him to do a grind down this huge rail of staircases that they climbed up to get to the set.
2: That's like covered in ice and snow.
0: Yeah, it's a bad idea. Yeah. And he even says, like, you think you can goad me into doing that? And he just says, there are girls watching. And (laughs) Wallace shows up with his skateboard and just says, big fan. And he turns and says, why wouldn't you be? (laughs) (laughs) Insanely crass. And then he grinds down the rail, makes it almost all the way to the bottom, where he crashes and explodes into a pile of coins.
2: Yeah, I love the reaction shots between him grinding the rail, and it cuts back to Wallace and Michael, Sarah, and they're like, "Ooh, oh, Whoa. wow, wow!" <laughs> yeah, it's so
1: yeah. funny because it's like five or six times. It's it's pretty weird that in this alternate universe that instead of earns. Like when your relative dies, you just get a piggy bank. and
0: I like that there's a value placed on everyone that turns into coins based on their rank.
2: That's what capitalism does to a society, man. It's real gross. It
0: is true. So Ramona left. She didn't stay for the battle. We cut to the next day where Scott's leaving messages for her and he's kind of. Moving their fridge magnets to articulate his feelings where he says, do you know what sucks? Everything. And so he's got <laughs> S-U-X and then he turns an eight sideways yes. for everything. <laughs> yeah. uh, and Wallace says, you can't say you didn't see this coming and pulls up Ramona's phone number and he says... Seven deadly X's because there's X's at the bottom of it. Yeah. he basically tells him like, a, I want you to move out. But also B, if you care about her, you have to break out the L word and he says lesbian. He's like the other L word
2: lesbian.. Yeah
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: The phone rings. It's envy. And she's like fishing for information where she's like, do you have a girlfriend? Should I be jealous? What's her name? Ramona? Oh, do you know her? What? No, I've gotta go. And so she's kind of just messing with him that I kind of don't like. Yeah. But Wallace is like, okay, everything does suck. That sucks. But, you know, go find Ramona. It'll be fine. But as they're doing that, as he's getting ready to leave the house, Knives shows up outside and she says, is Scott there? And he jumps out a window and Wallace is like, no, he just left. I'm sorry.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I do love that while they're talking, though, you see him obviously jump out the window like he just said. But then you right. see him reach in and grab his jacket and then you see him yes. walk behind
0: her. I love yes. that. Yeah. As he's walking down the street, there's X's everywhere. And this is actually a common thing a few different times where as he's walking, they use like traffic signs and things to basically just surround him with exes um, as he's walking. Somebody blows past him. Yeah. And he basically says, I'm not really in the mood for this. So he punches upward, knocking them into the snow. It's Mae Whitman.
1: I have a super huge crush on Mae Whitman.
0: She's very cute. I like Mae Whitman. This is one of the few crushes you have had that I'm like, yeah, okay. Uh, but she says, you punch me in the boob. Prepare to die, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> But she doesn't kill him They don't get in a fight here She's like I'll see you later And I'll be deadly serious next time So he calls his sister And shows up at her coffee shop But literally from the time that he hangs the phone up To when he gets inside She's already gone and outside Like he would have had to pass her It's a pretty great cutaway Well it's
2: Aubrey Plaza He thinks it's going to be his sister But it's Aubrey Plaza who pops up And then he turns around And his sister's out the window She knocks, waves, and leaves
0: This is a way that this movie has a really creative way for keeping under an R rating for language while also getting a fantastic joke, which is basically every time she ostensibly says the F word, there's a sensor box and a static over her mouth yeah, where it's basically like, what can I bleep get you? And it's she just reads him the riot act with a mouth like a sailor and it just constantly appears <laughs> in front of her mouth it's amazing uh so they did a 10-year anniversary zoom stage reading basically where they read the screenplay oh awesome and everyone that was in the movie joined in uh-huh. and aubrey plaza made a sensor box on a stick god i love
2: aubrey plaza So that when
0: she would talk she could hold it up it was very funny that's amazing Yeah. So he runs into Ramona at the coffee shop and she's like, I'm sorry I disappeared. I owe you an explanation, basically. And as they're talking, he looks and Envy is there. Yeah. So Envy invites them to their show that night. He and Ramona walk through the snow. We cut back to Scott's apartment where he wakes up from a dream and... They claim it's his stupid ex-girlfriend. And they're like, isn't that that Uma Thurman movie, which is actually super (laughs) ex-girlfriend? But he says, I'm not going to let her toy with me. I'm not going to think of her anymore. Cut to band practice where they find out that they have been booked to open for her band. Yes. He says... I don't know why we can't just keep doing our secret shows. All our shows are secret shows. And I was like, oh, uh, this hits me where I live. Same. As a sad live performer.
2: I have been there, yeah.
0: Uh, Steven says that they need more people to like their band, they need stalkers. He walks away from the window, revealing Knives outside.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
0: we cut back to Knives' house where she's dyeing her hair blue because she, quote, didn't even know there was good music till like three months ago.
2: Well, because Ramona has a head start on her is what she's saying.
0: Yes, uh, yeah. yeah. And she says she's got a plan to get Scott back. So she texts young Neil, just young Neil, it's knives, OMFG, oh, you are so hot with like three Ts.
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: And we cut back to right after they've gotten off stage opening for Clash of Demon Head. We don't actually see them perform. Yeah. Uh but Steven says did we suck? And Ramona just says, "I don't know." Did you? <laughs> and goes to the bathroom. As she leaves, Steven says, "We got to get rid of her. She knows we suck." <laughs> 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 Ramona gets to the bathroom where she runs into Knives, who's like a mini Ramona. She's like dressed the same, but like two feet shorter, which is crazy.
2: And half of her hair is blue.
0: And half, her, I think the blue looks really good. I think it looks Knives, great. Yeah, I do too. well, and
2: so does Knives. She even says, "I look amazing," or whatever.
0: Yeah, so we cut back into the main bar where young Neil and Knives are kind of canoodling. Ramona asks Scott, like, who's that girl again? And someone says, oh, she and Scott used to date. And she says, how old is she? And then we get a conversation wheel in Scott's head that stops between, I got a pee and (laughs) who her? So he ends up with, I got a pee on her and walks away. (laughs) So the clash at Demon Head starts their set. And... Scott says to Ramona, that guy on base, that's Todd. Yes, it is. Basically, the the person that Envy left him for. And Ramona says, I know. And he says, you know? Oh, no. Yeah. Which is how we know that Brandon Routh, as Todd, yes. is going to be the next Evil X. So Envy invites them backstage. They all go back And they're all sitting on the couch and they're all talking. And it's very it's not friendly. No, it's
2: it's very aggressive.
0: It's very, (laughs) very aggressive. And Knives realizes as they're back there that I've kissed the lips that kissed Enviato. So like her hero is her Eskimo sister. Yeah. As far as lips go, I guess. And she freaks out and Todd stands up. And punches her He punches the blue out of her hair Yeah You punch the highlights out of her hair <laughs> And then he's like I'm not afraid to hit a girl And you're just like Ew, what a garbage human I know That is not a view that all
1: Todd's share Just a heads up <laughs> <laughs> I've never met a good Todd Ugh. Boo Rude. <laughs> Rude It's you, the guy from this movie And the guy who is married to Margot on Christmas vacation,
2: and the guy from Wedding Crashers. It was a gift, Todd.
1: (laughs) Oh no, Todd's the brother, right? Do you want to play Tummy Sticks?
0: Yeah, it's sexual and violent. (laughs) Uh, I fucking love Wedding Crashers, man. We gotta, we gotta do Wedding Crashers. We can on this
2: this podcast. I know. And if the movie just followed Todd a little bit more, probably on the horror version. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Any, anyway Brie Larson uh, says you're absolutely incorrigible and he says I don't know the meaning of the word and then we get a ding and a note that just says he really doesn't <laughs> <laughs> um, and he insults Toronto he's like there's nothing good to do here he's just the worst Yeah. and so, so Scott stands up to punch him and he's stopped by a type of force field and Envy says Oh, I didn't tell you. Todd's vegan. And he throws Scott through a wall.
2: Yeah, because apparently veganism gives you telepathic powers.
0: Yeah. Being vegan just makes you better.
1: This joke hits because, you know, vegans think they have superpowers.
0: Well, and according to him, it's because we're only using 10 percent of our brains because the rest is filled with curds and whey. Honestly, that's a fair trade-off. Well, and I love that he just says, don't get snippy with me on the science, baby. You're just like, oh my God, are you Tom Cruise? Come on, Jeez. But Todd crashes back down and he starts a bass battle. Yes. Where he and Todd battle playing bass rifts
2: It's not much of a battle Todd destroys Scott because Todd's actually a good like technical bass player and Scott plays punk music
0: right and he basically tosses Scott through multiple walls yeah which is also one of my favorite cuts of the movie because he throws him through a bunch of walls and then he rises floating in the hole that Scott flew through and then just walks through a door to the left. Yeah. Like four rooms away instantly. Very funny. It is very funny. And Scott essentially tricks him into drinking a latte with real milk in it.
1: Yeah. It's got like half and half in it. By thinking about the other one really hard. Yeah. yeah,
0: In my mind's eye or whatever. Uh, at which point the vegan police show up. Which is. Okay. Did you recognize these people Thomas Jane Yeah I recognized them also When they showed up To a screening As the vegan police Oh my god I love Thomas Jane so much The main
2: (laughs) character From
0: Deep Blue Sea
1: Is in this movie As the vegan police I think Thomas Jane Is probably low key The coolest celebrity I think he's awesome
0: He's pretty fucking great Yeah And this is another Hugely popular scene In the interactive screenings Oh I bet They just said like You knowingly ingested You and he's like gelato isn't vegan and then everyone screams milk and eggs bitch yeah (laughs) and then he knowingly ingested chicken parmesan de-veganize ray so they take his (laughs) vegan powers and scott has his fun catchphrase of you once were a vegan and now you will be gone and then headbutts him, and he turns into a pile of coins. Yes. And Envy just says, you just headbutt my boyfriend so hard he burst. <laughs> <And she's laughs> like... So they leave to go to the after party. <laughs> he's basically complaining to Ramona at this point, where he's like, have you ever dated somebody who wasn't a total ass? And she says, you're the nicest guy I've dated, and you're not a total ass yet. We all have baggage. We all have exes. No breakup is painless. Somebody already always gets hurt. And she's like, what about Knives? He's like, Knives is totally cool with it. And then in the background, she just goes. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
1: well, there's a difference between someone being upset and then like seven exes trying to murder you.
0: Right. Exactly.
1: Well, you got to own
0: that Ramona. (laughs) So as they're talking about it, uh, he's like, so who... Who's the next ex-boyfriend? And she just says, exes. And he says, why do you keep correcting me? Basically, why do you keep saying that? And as he does, something crashes into the bar. It's Roxy, Mae Whitman. Yeah. And Scott, we see like a cross section of his head with a dial that says, doesn't understand and totally gets it And it yeah. goes from one to the other <laughs> Yeah, It's like the most Memeable gifable shot in this movie <laughs> It's amazing he's like what And she goes it was a
2: phase And then Mae Whitman goes it was a phase Like she's so was, mad by you had that a, yeah,
1: Scott's like you had a sexy face Yeah
0: you had a sexy <laughs> face She says I was a little bi-curious And then Mae Whitman just says I'm a little bi-furious <laughs> Which is great So she pulls out a belt made of razor blades And Ramona pulls out a giant mallet and they proceed to fight until she says that Scott has to beat her with his own hands and he doesn't want to hit a girl. Because he's not Todd
2: Hey wait let's just be clear that that's not me Todd That's Superman Todd But
0: right, right, right. I
2: love this fight scene Because uh, Ramona uses Scott's like appendages To beat up Mae Whitman It's amazing I, I like this too Yeah. My,
0: my favorite is when she disappears for a second And she moves Scott's the, the hands, hands Yeah. In, in the like You know when you have a static video game character Waiting yeah. to hit somebody <laughs> Yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> and she kind of poofs up between them Separating them So Ramona can't keep using Scott's arms and legs Right
2: And then he makes her come to death
0: Yeah she goes to basically cave in his <laughs> skull with her foot And Ramona tells him to touch the back of her knee Because that was her weak point He touches it and she orgasms to death Until yeah. she turns into a, a pile of coins Yeah I see no problems with this
2: <laughs> I mean if you're gonna go <laughs>
0: I mean yeah, yeah
2: Go out with the O yo out You know
0: what I'm saying <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but at this point scott's pretty over it and so he gets kind of pissy and is like is there anyone at this party you haven't slept with <laughs> like who's not gonna beat me up i love basically. how he goes
2: to the bar and he's like give me two g and t's and she's like oh are you gonna start drinking and he goes yeah did you want one
0: <laughs> yeah, <they're> clearly <laughs> both for him <laughs> he starts chugging them
2: i thought that was hilarious
0: And and he says, I feel like we just washed our sexy laundry in public. (laughs) (laughs) And she basically says, well, now you are being an asshole and you're just another evil ex waiting to happen.
1: Okay, so I don't like this part because I feel like I mean, it's hard to tell because the tone of the movie is kind of goofy or whatever. But like,
0: yeah, they're trying to kill him. It's okay to be annoyed with that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, And she does give him a list, uh, a laminated list, which is pretty fun.
2: Yeah, because she had to, quote unquote, write it for him. Yeah.
0: And we find out that the Katianagi twins are the next on the list because she dated two people, uh, twins at the same time. And they are the next band for the Battle of the Bands. Yes. And as Steven is basically telling Scott this, he just says, like, is this going to be a problem? Basically, you know how I feel about girls cock blocking the rock. <laughs> Which is a Real dumb, great thing to say. Yeah Uh, And Scott's like I'm in it I want to yeah. take them apart They arrive at the venue And see a poster With way too many exclamation points They're
2: all over the place
0: All over the place And they find out That they're going to be On stage at the same time And That Ramona is there Along with Some nerdy guy Yeah We don't know who it is Just yet So the Katianagi Start playing And they create Like a bass sound wave that destroys all of Sex bob stuff yeah and it blows the roof off the venue so Sex bob starts playing and they basically say we're here to make you think about death and get sad and stuff which is <laughs> always fun uh the twins start playing as well and they make like bass sound dragons which just cave in Sex bob stuff as they're trying to get up We find out that Jason Schwartzman, who's talking to Ramona, is Gideon slash G-Man Graves. So her ex-boyfriend, but also the producer they're trying to get signed by. Yeah. So Scott gets up and he basically starts playing and I would say conjures, I guess is a good word for it. Yeah. Like a base gorilla.
2: It's like a King Kong gorilla.
0: Yeah. Which fights the base dragons on the other side. Yeah. So they kill the Katianagi twins.
2: Yeah, the avatar gorilla kills the avatars of the Katianagi twins. Yeah.
0: Yeah, their amps crash down yes, on them and crush and them, to them to death. <laughs> yeah. Also, after that happens, a life appears up in the top screen and Scott grabs it. He's like I got to get a
3: life. Yes.
0: <laughs> and it makes the life sound it does. from I think it's Zelda yeah. is the sound they use. So He goes into the crowd to find Ramona. He runs into Knives, who's basically like, hey, I was just here to see your show. You did a good job. And he kind of pushes past her, runs outside to catch Ramona and just says, I'm in lesbians with you. (laughs) And she says, we have to break up because she's going to be back together with Gideon. Yeah. And Gideon comes out and says he's going to sign their band. But Scott refuses. So young Neil steps in. Although they do all sign it on Scott's back Yeah so
2: (laughs) this is the other move That is a Mikey move What the lead singer does as Scott's like Trying to take this stand against the man He's like no we're never gonna sign with you The Mikey move here Is when the lead singer grabs the paperwork And starts signing it as Scott is like no we're never gonna sign Oh yeah (laughs)
0: But as they all kind of disperse, Scott just says, I said lesbian. Yeah. <laughs> like he was just now realizing. He realizes he said
2: the wrong L word.
0: He, we cut to him alone in the park banging his head against a telephone pole. And his sister shows up and kind of sits next to him on the swings and was like, well, did you really see a future with her? And he says with jetpacks. <laughs> and she's like, well, time heals all wounds and next time we don't date the girl with 11 evil exes. And he says, it was seven and she's like, oh, well, that's can do that anyway and she just walks away and pulls the phone up meaning she's like been talking to somebody about it and just goes i know it's so pathetic (laughs) (laughs) cruel it's great yeah Um, he comes home and walks in on Wallace in some sort of sexual Congress. We don't know. We don't see it. Uh, but this is where they tell Scott that he needs to move out, but they do make him hot cocoa, which is very nice. Yes. The phone rings. It's for Scott. And it's Gideon, who's basically just gloating. Yeah. Of like, yeah, you should come see the chaos theater. It's pretty great. You don't even understand. And Wallace has been listening in. And when he hangs up the phone, he's just like, yeah, I was wrong about moving on, uh, finish him yeah basically like that guy's such an ass yeah and he is scott prepares in what i would call a stereotypical edgar wright getting ready montage but he kind of self-references in this where if you've seen a lot of edgar wright movies this is a montage style he uses a lot where it's like fast cuts of mundane things but then he throws in one slow cut of him tying his shoes
2: i love that yeah
0: very funny And we cut to him at the Chaos Theater where he walks up and they say the first password and he just goes, whatever. And they're like, cool. As (laughs) if that was the password. The second (laughs) password,
2: he just goes, ugh. And they just let
3: him through. Cool. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And we see the band playing without him uh, but the song they're playing is just, when you're having no fun, because we're having no fun. And it's the same both times, but it just makes me laugh every time. And they basically stop playing, and they're like, hey, like, let it go. It's not worth it. Yeah. And he's like, no, I've got beef. I am here to fight, essentially. Yeah. And so he comes up to Gideon, and Gideon's like, well, why would you want to fight me? And he says, because I love her. And a samurai sword emerges from his chest. Scott is in the power of love and it gives like <laughs> ratings for damage and hit points next to it, which is pretty yeah. cool.
2: He gets like four enhancements with this saber. I forgot exactly yeah. what they were, but one of them was life. It was like plus three to life or whatever.
0: Well, it's all plus three, four, five. And then when we do this again, it's plus five, seven, eight. Yeah. Uh, But so he pulls it out and he starts flying fighting with Gideon and kind of knocks him to the side. Knives jumps out and tries to fight Ramona, and he has to admit that he was cheating. And while he's kind of managing Knives and Ramona, Gideon stabs him from the back through the chest. Yeah,
2: the real dirty move.
0: Yeah, and he goes to the desert from his dream sequence before. And Ramona is there again. She kind of reveals that Gideon has a chip in the back of her neck that is kind of controlling her. And he says, well, that sucks. I really fought for you. And she says, well, maybe I wasn't the one you should have been fighting for. And he says, I feel like I learned something, (laughs) but I'm dead. And then the life appears again and he snatches it. Yeah. And he basically does it all over again, except this time he beats up the guards. (laughs) He doesn't bother with the passwords. He gets in. He compliments the band and is like, hey, no hard feelings. You sound great. I'm sorry, Kim, for everything. And then turns to Gideon is like, you're pretentious, this club sucks, I've got beef. And Gideon says, you want to fight me for her? And he says, no, I want to fight you for me. Yeah. And Scott Pilgrim has earned the power of self-respect, <laughs> which is great. And
2: he gets another saber out of his chest.
0: Yep. Uh, With higher hit points. Yeah. Uh, He knocks Gideon down. He calls out to Knives in the nick of time because he knows she's coming. And instead, he basically apologizes to both of them. And is like, I hurt you. I cheated on you. I cheated on both of you. I'm really sorry. And as he does it, the chip in Ramona's neck disconnects. But Gideon is still alive. And it's a fight. But now it's Knives and Scott against Gideon. Scott's sword breaks. And Ramona deals the final blow to Gideon's nuts. Yeah. He hits her and knocks her down the stairs and hits Knives. And now Knives gets back up and it's Scott and Knives versus Gideon, basically kicking him to death. And as they do, Gideon starts short-circuiting and basically says, do you know how long it took me to put together that League of Eagle X's? love this. Like like two hours. hours. So long. (laughs) I love that. And he says, I'm hip. I'm what's happening. I'm blowing up right now. And Scott says, you are blowing up right now, and kicks his head off for the ultimate KO, and it rains coins all over the Chaos Theater. I love when it
2: hits the band, because you hear it like bouncing off the toms and the snare and the cymbals. It's so funny.
3: Uh,
0: And they just say, well, there goes our deal. So they start scooping coins (laughs) into their shirts and pockets. Which, by the way, the coins are specifically loonies. They're not American coins. They're Canadian uh, coins, though, right? They're they're Canadian coins. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're yeah. loonies. Yeah. yeah. So Ramona compliments Knives and Scott, basically says, you two make a good combo. And then he has to turn to face Nega Scott, which is basically just the negative version of Scott. It's like a mirror cut, match. It's a mirror match, yeah. We cut to outside the Chaos Theater, where Nega Scott and regular Scott walk out making brunch plans. <laughs> Because they just shot the shit. He's actually a really nice guy.
2: We have a lot in common.
1: I like this part
2: a lot. I thought it was so funny, man.
1: Yeah. A really great joke.
0: So as they're all kind of like relaxing now that the fights are over, Knives comments on his hair being shaggy. And as he and Knives are talking, Ramona starts to walk away. And he's like, you're going? And she just says, yeah, I still need a new life. I'm tired of people getting hurt because of me. And yeah. I don't just mean you. And you're the nicest guy I've ever dated. So bye. Yeah. And she leaves. And Knives turns to Scott and is like, go after her. You're like, what are you doing? You've been fighting for her all along. And he says, well, what about you? And she says, I'll be fine. I'm too cool for you anyway. <laughs> so he says, "Chow, Knives. Which if you have like subtitles on, it's C-I-N. A O chow knife which is her
2: name yeah 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 yeah, yeah. he follows
0: ramona and asks if they can try again she takes his hand and they walk through the final star door as the sky above them asks if they want to continue yeah eight seven six and and that's that's the movie. movie all right so tell me what the ending of the book is so scott does end up with ramona in the book it's the original movie ending that was different So, when they started production on this movie, only two of the seven books were written. Oh, wow. So, this is kind of, yeah. So, this is kind of like a, a, we're getting into fun facts, fun facts. Um, Yeah. This is kind of a George R.R. Martin situation where they're finishing and releasing the books as production on the movie is starting. So, by the time they actually start filming, they're on like book five or six, but the ending of the books wasn't written by the time that the ending of the movie had to be shot
2: oh wow okay
0: and so the original ending of the movie had scott ending up with knives
2: oh okay
0: yeah and it did not screen well it really didn't and apparently that was based on the intended ending for the books and the books i think had spanned a, a longer period of time
1: right the last book hadn't come out when he was making the movie
0: right and and In the books, I think it takes longer. Like, this movie seems to take place in a matter of weeks. Yeah. uh, Or days. Although,
2: doesn't Knives turn
0: 18 over the course of those
2: weeks or days? Yes. Yeah.
0: Yes, in the movie, because we talk about her birthday. Yeah. But also in the comics as well, she would have been 18. So, I think that's why they originally thought about going that way. But, because they hadn't finished it, some lines from the movie actually make it into the later books. Because the script was being written, and so they end up kind of collaborating a little bit on the later books of the series, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, But this is also, so Edgar Wright had made Shaun of the Dead, and everyone loved it, and at a screening of Shaun of the Dead, um, two of the people who would go on to produce Scott Pilgrim approached Edgar Wright and handed him the first volume of Scott Pilgrim. And they were like, this is your next movie. And he was like, no, it's not. Thank (laughs) you for this book, but I have other things to do. Yeah. So he makes Hot Fuzz, and Hot Fuzz is similarly successful. And so then Simon Pegg and Nick Frost had other things to do before they could make the third Cornetto trilogy, which they don't make for another like two or three years after Scott Pilgrim. I think more. I think it might be more also. I think, honestly, some of the coolest parts of World's End are the fight scenes, and I think he takes what he learned on Scott Pilgrim into those fight scenes, which is really interesting. But because he knew that he was going to have a gap in time, he starts basically adapting Scott Pilgrim. So six years after somebody hands him that first book. But that should tell you how long it takes to write and draw, because Brian Lee O'Malley wrote and illustrated... All of Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. So that by the time he starts pre-production and casting and scripting, it's still only two books in, which is crazy. That is crazy. By the time they start shooting, they're on, like, book five. Anyway, Edgar Wright didn't want any British actors for his first North American film, because this is his first film not set in the UK and not made in the UK. And he actually didn't realize that Satya Baba, who plays Matthew Patel, was British until (laughs) after he had already cast him. Oh, wow. Because his accent was so good. And he found out later that Satya actually grew up like one town over from where Edgar (laughs) Wright is. (laughs) They're just so different in age they didn't know. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, So Scott Pilgrim's base... If you're wondering, is a Rickenbacker 4003, 4003, and it costs about $2,159 in the U.S., or almost $2,500 Canadian dollars.
2: And they destroyed that thing over the course of this movie.
0: <laughs> it's duct taped together. At the buddy. end, yeah, <laughs> it is. Um, the line that Lucas Lee says, the like big fan, why wouldn't you be? is actually something that has been said to Edgar Wright in real life, and that's why he included it. He went to go see The Hives, and he was backstage, and he told the lead singer that he was a big fan, and he responded, why wouldn't you be? And then walked on stage to do the concert. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, Scott Pilgrim's name, both in the comics and the movie, actually comes from a song of the same name by the band Plumtree, You'll actually see him wearing a plum tree shirt in the movie because of that. Though a lot of the film is about Scott being older than Knives, the actress who played Knives is actually three years older than Michael Sarah. She (laughs) has amazing skin, apparently. Yeah,
2: she's got a baby face, too. She looks fully younger than him.
0: She looks fully younger. Yeah. Uh, Anna Kendrick is also older, even though she's playing his younger sister. Yeah.
2: Also looks younger, though, like another lady who looks much younger than she is.
0: Yeah. Ellen Wong, who played Knives, auditioned three different times for the role of Knives. And she didn't get it until she told them that she was a green belt in Taekwondo. Apparently that, like, wasn't on her resume. And so on, like, her third try, she was like, by the way, I can do karate. And they were like, you've got the job. (laughs) Uh, But this was her first movie ever. Wow. she does a great job. Yeah, I she think does. she's really good at it. Yeah. Uh, Johnny Simmons, who played young Neil, was offered the role over Facebook after they'd seen him in a couple other projects. Wait, And he really? goes on to be... Yes. He goes on to be in Jennifer's body after this, largely because Diablo Cody and Edgar Wright are very good friends. And so he kind of makes the contact that way. Um, now, part of the reason why they established that Scott drinks Coke Zero and wears a t-shirt with a zero on it is because that's his x number
3: ah okay ah. Mm-hmm.
0: the actors who play the vegan police were the only people in the movie over 30 at the time it was made <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, bill Hader of snl fame does every voiceover in the film so basically whenever like scott pilgrim earned in the power of self-respect but also the like continue and like nega scott all of it's Bill Hader.
2: That's awesome. Really? He does a lot of voiceover stuff like that.
0: A lot of it. And it's great in this movie. And it was one of those things where I kept recognizing the voice. I was like, who did that again? And then I looked it up for fun facts. I was like, that's right. Yeah. The Lucas Lee stunt doubles, about half of them are actual stunt performers who double for Chris Evans, or at least did at the time that this really? was shot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. So it's the it's like the first like three of them mostly because the further you get out...
2: They don't look like him at all.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. In order to get the rights to use some of the sounds from Legends of Zelda, Edgar Wright wrote a letter to Nintendo in which he called the game's music nursery rhymes to a generation.
2: Oh, wow. I mean, but it yeah. is.
0: There was another alternate ending in which Gideon turned into a robot. Because, again, the last book wasn't written, uh, but they ended up scrapping it. There could have also been that ending, and that was never filmed. The one where he ends up with knives is filmed. You can see it on YouTube. So it's, like, fully filmed, edited, and finished. In the scene where Scott opens the door to get the package from Ramona, it took over 30 takes for him to throw the package over his shoulder and straight into the trash. Because it's all one take. Yeah. If you have the Blu-ray, they have a super cut of every time he does it. Oh my God, that's amazing. Edgar Wright encouraged actors not to blink during takes to make them look more like anime characters. What? Uh, Ramona Flowers' phone number is 212-664-7665. And this is a number that actually appears in a couple films, including Munich, Definitely Maybe, and Adjustment Bureau... And it's because it's a real phone number that Universal Studios purchased so that they didn't have to use 555 numbers in their movies. I love that. Um, Real life bands wrote and performed the songs for the fictional bands in the movie. So Crash and the Boys songs were written by Broken Social Scene. Uh, The Clash at Demon Head is actually a cover of a song by Metric that existed and is on the Scott Pilgrim soundtrack, and everyone was mad that Brie Larson's version wasn't, so they end up releasing it later. The Katienagi Twin songs were by Cornelius, and all of the themes to the fictional video game Ninja Ninja Revolution were written by hip-hop producer Dan the Automator. All of the animation in every Ramona flashbacks was drawn by Edgar Wright's brother Oscar, but it was drawn in such a way to mimic the style of Brian Lee O'Malley, who, by the way was on set the whole time. And so anytime you see, like there's a couple scenes where Steven Stills has like a poster board of things that he's flipping through that have a very stylized comic look, he would draw those on set. So he's drawing from memory the characters from the comic. Yeah. So they can just flip through them on set, which is pretty cool. That is very cool. Yeah. Yeah. And those are our fun facts.
2: Well, thank you for those fun facts. You guys ready for some box office? Yes. All right, let's talk about it. So, what do you guys think the production budget for Scott Pilgrim versus the world was?
0: This is an expensive movie.
2: (laughs)
1: Sixty-five
2: million. All right,
0: Paige. I I think it's not quite sixty, but it's up there. I'm gonna say forty-five.
2: It's eighty-five million dollars to make Scott Pilgrim versus the world. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Now here's the thing. I will say it's all on the screen. Yeah. Every cent of that is on the screen.
2: But this movie came out on Friday the 13th, August 13th, 2010. Yep. And it was fifth the weekend it came out. It was up against Expendables, that was number one. Eat, Pray, Love was number two. The Other Guys, number three. Inception, number four. And then Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Every one of the movies that beat it did amazingly well at the box office.
0: Yeah. Well, and Inception had even been out for a while. If it was I in its correctly. fifth week out,
2: and it had already made almost $250 million.
0: Yeah. I remember getting shit for going to see this opening night instead of Expendables.
2: <laughs>
0: so, what do you think Scott Pilgrim made in its first weekend out? It did not do well. It did bad. I would say, first week out, it made 10 mil.
1: I might be more generous. I'll say 15.
2: It made $10.6 million. Paige, you were very, very close. Yeah. Uh, It went on to make $31 million domestically, another $16 million internationally for a total worldwide box office of $48 million on a $85 million budget. It actually did do very well in the home market. It made another $28.7 million, but this movie still lost money.
0: Oh, yeah. this mo- Here's a credit to... Because this movie was kind of critically acclaimed, which was interesting. Like, it did badly, but people liked it. And I think that's the only reason Edgar Wright has the career that he does. Because anyone else with that kind of a loss would have never made movies again to survive a loss like that is insane
2: yeah but he was in the middle of the cornetto trilogy and those movies yeah. had done very well i don't know man he is not a brand new director when this movie comes out uh, yeah. and he's had a lot of success behind him i don't know i could see another studio roll on the dice on him again after this kind of a loss but that is your box office
1: do you guys think they're together
0: <laughs> no I feel like their relationship is fairly superficial It's one of the things I don't love about this movie I feel like their relationship is not built on much And I think that's kind of That's kind of what this movie is It is a lot of style Over some very clever dialogue And a fun plot that's structured In a very unique way Yeah, But I don't think their relationship has a lot of Emotional depth
2: So probably not still together And I don't think I would date anyone from this movie
1: Anna Kendrick
0: I might date Wallace
2: (laughs) (laughs) You know what, that's fair He's the best of all of them I don't want to have to fight anyone's exes I would lose
0: I'll take it back We all know I'd be dating Lucas Lee Yeah Yes,
1: we do know that
2: (laughs) And if he wouldn't It would be one of the stand-ins that was next to him
0: (laughs) He looks just
1: like the guy you sent me on TikTok.
0: No, he doesn't. That guy looks completely different. Oh,
1: you mean with the douchey goatee and the leather? They have the same chin strap.
0: Yeah. No, they don't. He has no facial hair. It's an outlier for me. Whatever. Whatever.
2: So this week we watched Scott Pilgrim versus the world. What are we watching next week, Paige?
0: Next week we have a very special guest. Yeah. Because this person told me that if I didn't allow them to be a guest when we did this movie, that I was no longer a member of the family. <laughs> uh, my sister will be joining us to talk about the backup plan. Can oh, I just say fun. this?
2: Your sister is also the one who's been writing all these amazing intros for yes. us. So, mm-hmm. you know, she's been on the pod for a very long time. Just no one fully noticed. Time. Yeah, yes. Absolutely. So it'll be nice to have her back on the pod, but for longer segments.
0: Yeah, and, and she insisted, A, that we do this movie at some point and have her on because she says it's the craziest movie she's ever seen.
2: Oh, I can't wait. I have not seen it, so I'm looking forward to uh, checking it out. So your homework this week is to get wine drunk with a family member and watch <laughs> The Backup Plan.
0: Yes, yes.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mike, do you have a review for us to read?
3: Oh,
1: yeah, I forgot about that.
2: Well, while you're looking up a review, let me tell them how they can have their review run on the podcast, and then it's to leave us a five-star text review, and then Mikey will read it. So, Mikey,
1: who's you going to read this week? I'm going to read Melody LeBrarian. Okay, awesome. They say, Romancing my heart. Aw. This podcast is the perfect combination of humor, serious conversations, and wonderful takedowns of ridiculous rom-coms. <laughs> I love Mikey Page and Todd so much, but I fully stand Todd. <laughs> That's very kind. What does that mean? I think it's if they're like a fan of. I mean, I stand you.
2: Well, Mikey, I'm surprised you didn't say, well, I can't stand you.
1: (laughs) Well, like I barely tolerate was the joke I was going for. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 okay. Keep up the good work, five stars.
2: Well, thank you so much, Melody, for that awesome five-star review. And if you want to have your review on the podcast, leave us a five-star review. Yes. On Instagram and we are at
0: Something else on Twitter who I just have never taken the time to learn It's, it. It. it's just romancing pod show because They have a character oh. limit and it's show oh. SHO like Showtime. So guys
2: check that out as well and if you Want to follow us all individually Page is at rampage wesley Everywhere including tiktok
0: That's gonna be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige.
1: So I'm Mikey. And
2: I'm Todd. Toodle pit. Later's babies.
1: So Pac-Man, you know. Oh God.
0: Paku <laughs> <laughs> Paku means pa- flap <laughs> your mouth.
2: Yeah. Which
1: is what we do, and people enjoy mm-hmm. it for some reason. Oh, they enjoy the flapping of my mouth. You know what I'm saying?
2: Oh, Mikey, no. <laughs>
3: i uh-huh. uh-huh.